morning I'm going to be talking about obedience. I kind of wanted to go over real quick what Glenn did last week because I want to take off with that. Um, he talked about the constant communication with God, not just praying in church on Sunday or uh, praying for a sick friend, but constant from the moment you wake until you go back to bed. And at that time, he can give you dreams, I suppose. But the constant communication that we have with him is an opportunity that we have that's amazing. And um, he talked about that a bunch last week about praying in tongues, um, praying um, with understanding, N not being repetitive in nature, just like we don't like our kids to say the same thing over and over and over to us. We hear it. We don't want to do the same thing to him. It's out of a natural relationship that we pray that way, not to be real ritualistic with it, um, to where we think we have to do something on a regular basis or we feel discouraged about it. That's not the point of it at all. It's more of, I think there's good to have those times like that. Um, for example, if you're married and you still want to date when you're older, you set that time apart where you get a babysitter and that's the time you spend with the one you love. Same kind of thing, but that's not ritualistic either. Especially if you have kids, it's never ritualistic. It just... <laughs> <laughs> it's when you can get it done. <laughs> but um, you still have that day-to-day -day relationship where you talk all the time. And that's what he went about. He read out of uh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And I'll just review it real quick. If I can put it up there, I can read it better. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked him for or asked of him. Okay. When, when we approach God, we approach him with confidence. He hears what we have to say. Um, and he closed with a couple of stories about things that happened in his life while he was in this attitude of prayer and constant communication. It is where God shows up in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, he shows up when we're in that place of intimacy with him and in um, what some people call the secret place where you talk to him. But when you're out in the world, in your job, like Sandra, that prayer was awesome. Yeah. To use us to put boots on the ground to this communication we have with the Almighty. It's just, it's so cool when we see that. And he gave some examples of that. So we're going to kind of go off of that, and I want to go to James 1, 22 and 25, which I like James quite a little bit just because he's super practical. Yeah. Um, but be doers of the world. world. Be doers of the word, not the world. <laughs> not, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. 
for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful here but the doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Who wants to be blessed in what you do? I mean, how easy can it be? Hear God and do it and be blessed. I mean, James, I like that guy. He's very practical. The first part of that in, in uh, verse 22 about deluding ourselves or deceiving ourselves, and I may have said this before, but it's amazing to me that a human being is the only thing on the planet that can lie it to itself and believe it. <laughs> you can convince yourself of a complete lie, and we've seen it in ourselves, and, uh, and it's not hard to see in people around them, how people can say, well, I know this will work, and they've done it 10 times, and it still ain't going to work. So we don't want to be these people that deceive ourselves and delude, or become deluded, as James says. Um, and really what that verse is about is obedience. Um, some people call it radical obedience. What I found kind of a definition in a book about that, and it's interesting. It says the, not to comply to the minimal standards, but pursue the extravagant and lavish fulfillment. And I was trying to think of an example of that, and I, I went straight to the kids. Like My dad told me once, when you preach, you don't have kids anymore. You have sermon illustrations. So <laughs> I was going to go right to that because just a simple example. I don't know how things go at your house, but our house, the, the last thing of the evening is the dishes get done, kitchen gets cleaned, the dishwasher gets started, and go to bed. So it's usually we send one, two, or possibly three kids in there just do the dishes and be done. But this is rarely fulfilled of <laughs> minimal standards but pursues extravagant and lavish fulfillment. That would be like, and I get up in the morning, I turn the light on and everything's just sparkling and I can barely see. Doesn't usually happen. Usually there's a couple of cups shoved in the corner that no one's seen. Um, once in a while, the counters get wiped off, but if they do, you got to watch the floor because you might be stepping in what they wiped off the counter. Amen. <laughs> but how many times do we find ourselves maybe doing that when we're obeying God? We just do the minimum. God says, you know, help that person. You're like, man, I got a quarter. Here you go. Uh, see you later. Instead of helping that person. Um, that, I just thought that was really good because those kids, I tell you what. It's like telling their kids to get ready for bed. It's like they're 13 years old and it's the same thing every night. They forget, very forgetful. <laughs> um, and in this radical obedience that we have, that we are striving towards as we obey God in our day-to-day, -day, every life, boots on the ground type of thing, we don't want to turn it into just good works. Um, Everybody here who's probably been saved more than a year probably knows what this is. You can get involved in a church, and there's so much to do. And if you get into where you feel like you have to do good works to do things, to feel like you're doing something, you'll get wore out so fast because there's no end to it. In, in, in a church, let alone in a community, you can drive around Kirksville and you could be broke in a day trying to help people. Um, physically broke financially broke because there's so many needs and so we don't want to turn our boots on the ground obedience into um, 
good works because it's not what he wants. That's where that communication that he spoke about is so, so important. Um, I've seen this before and I've been a part of it before that where you want to help so bad that you end up, if you're not listening to what God's telling you, you end up enabling someone where God's working with them. You may be helping them physically or financially or whatever and all it's doing is messing up what God's doing in their life because you think you're being a good person and you're helping because God says love everybody love does not mean help everybody out of the situation they put themselves in unless he tells you to that's where that constant communication has to be there the God what do I do here um, do I help them or do I just love them put your arms around them say you're going to get through this let's do it what God you know let's point them towards God in those uh, situations like that because you can get wore out Everybody, you can get wore out just obeying God regular, <laughs> let alone trying to do it um, for some kind of uh, maybe self-righteous or self-fulfilling, pat yourself on the back kind of thing. Um, it just, it, it's so much better to listen to what he has, and you won't have that um, if you don't listen to him all the time and, and pray. And, and one thing that... I mean, everything that he tells you to do, that's, that's something that's super important too. So sometimes your mind will get away from you. Um, you'll see a need or you'll see something like that. Well, God told me to do this, but God may not have told you that. Um, you want to weigh what, you, he, what you're hearing from him in that time of communication through the word. That's why he gave it to us. We used to uh, tell a youth group we had in Alaska that the Bible, Bible stood for was the basic instructions before leaving earth may have heard that before. So it really is good to read the instruction book um, before you go out and do ministry. And it's not just going out and doing ministry. Hey, today I got today off. I'm going to go out and witness to people. It's day-to-day like Sandra's praying in, in your work and your, you know, you know, what you do in your community, what you do with the people you see at store, um, your loved ones that you talk with and pray with. Um, there's... the issue of timing sometimes God will share stuff with you in that time and you want to jump to jump to getting right to it sometimes in that time also you need to find out if it's the right time for it Uh, and he'll let you know that and he'll also let you know when you're behind your time because I've done this before and people have I'm sure where God will tell you something and you'll talk yourself right out of it um or you'll come up with something a little more creative. <laughs> you know, uh, well, God, if you can do that, I can do this much better, you know. Or um, something that affect and, pre- or in, in a time window may close in that. I've had instances, and it's, it's silly when I think back about it, but it'd be in a church setting, not even out in the community or in the city. It's going to be in a church saying, God will say, hey, you need to go talk to this person or something. I'll be like, he's, he's a preacher. No one needs to, I don't need to talk to him. You talk to him. You know what I mean? Or I'll wait till the music is just right or I see him close his eyes or, you know, there's somebody sitting next to him right now. I don't think I should say nothing with someone sitting next to him, you know. (laughs) So timing is important to listen to him and be obedient right at the time he tells you to. He may be telling you to give someone a word of wisdom or something to that effect, 
but he may be telling you not right now. I've had him tell me that. This is for him, but not right now. So those are important to listen to the details of what he says and not add your own creativity. He does give it to you for a reason because you do have the personality. Um, I don't know why on earth because I've never experimented with drugs, never done any of that stuff, but I have so many people that do drugs that want to be my friend all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but he gives you stuff because of who you are. Um, so your personality, he knows what's going to come out when you say it or when you do it or what he's given you to give them. So there's no need to try and make it more creative or add to what he's got because he already put it in you for that reason. He knows who he's using. We don't want to um, try and put God in a box either. Um, we want to measure what the word says according to what we're hearing, but we don't want to put him in a box. And I kind of put an example down here. I was kind of, it was a learning experience for me um, has anybody ever heard of Bill Glass Ministries? It's a ex-football player back when they used to play without pads, I think, way old. But he started a ministry for, for prisons. And uh, you can be a part of it. It travels all around the country, and they take people from local churches and go into the prisons and witness and do preaching and stuff. And I joined up uh, for two years up in Alaska there just to do it. And it's, it's really, really cool, but you will get junk mail for like years afterwards. <laughs> years. Um, but one thing is, is really, I was probably 20 or 21 that one time I went into Seward Prison. And there's this guy preaching. We, we would wit go around and witness to people, talk to them about God, hear their stories, stuff like that, and gather them all up, see who we could get to bring to the gym or to wherever they're going to have the meeting. And we did that, and this guy come up to preach, and he was, he was a rough-looking guy, but he was an ex-con who got saved. So he was the one preaching. And he started preaching, and you could see in the audience people nodding off. People were like, this is stupid. What am I doing here? You know, they had no interest in what he was talking about as he was uh, preaching. But then it was something, you could see something changed in his, his demeanor, and he started talking prison language. And it was rough. It was more four-letter words than I've heard in a prison language or in a, in a preaching setting ever. So I was like, what is going on? But people started listening. He somehow, I imagine prompting the Holy Spirit or whatever prompted him to do that. Um, but he spoke their language for about 20 minutes and had an altar call, and there's people that got saved through a lot of four-letter words. but I, And I was 20 years old, just raised in the church. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't understand what was happening here. But there was results. So that's one of the many lessons I've learned about not putting God in a box, not thinking it has to be done a certain way. Um, and with that radical obedience where you pay attention to what he's doing in the moment, I think we can walk in those things. And we'll see more miraculous stories, and we'll probably have some good stories for the grandkids or something, I don't know, um, of how amazing God is and how he can use whatever to win people. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. Um, oh, I had a verse there about being creative. We'll go ahead and read that. Psalms 33, but how we can kind of embellish or kind of come up with things that we think is good, 
The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. Turn to the next one. Yeah, for I, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me to, gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. That's John. Yeah, next one. And now I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And that shows us one of the benefits of being obedient to him in every day. Because we're selfish people. We just are. So we're going to look in this obedience thing and see what, what's in it for us. What's in it for us is eternal life. His commandment is for us to have eternal life. That's a pretty good motivator to be obedient. I mean, really, what have we got to lose? Someone might think bad of us. The Bible already says we're going to be uh, persecuted. So we're not losing anything, but we're gaining eternal life. And it, right here, obedience will cause God to look our way. That was in that John 12. Did, did I read that already? I think I did. John 12. Yeah, I'll read it again. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father sent me, gave me a command, what I should speak. And now I know this command is everlasting life. There's the eternal life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father told me, so I speak. Mm. To have his... The promise of eternal life is amazing. To have the Father look upon you. It turns, it turns his head your way. It often, I didn't put it in here, but every time I think about that, I think about the story of uh, Jonathan and the armor bearer. What God must have been thinking that day, because, I mean, he's got everything to look at. But to see what was going on in this, this, this man, who's like, let's go do this. To have the Father turn his head to see what you're doing. That's what this brings about in our lives. Eternal life and this, this causing God to look our way. Um, to have his attention. Isaiah 66, 2. Let me read that real quick, too. There's a lot of verses in here, but I like them all. So that may be. For all those things my hand has made and all the things, all those things exist, the, says the Lord. But on this one I will look, on him who is, on him who is poor and contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. How many here trembled at his word? Both in scriptures and in your heart when he speaks to you. That trembling, he's looking upon you. You have the Father's attention. That is so cool. If you think about that time when that happened, he was looking at you. You had his attention. How did it play out? Did you obey him and see a miracle? Or maybe did you obey him and see someone's life completely changed? Maybe instantly, maybe over time. Um, that's, that, 
to think back over those times and try and see how, how those things happen and what may have happened can throw your mind in kind of a frenzy too. Um, sometimes, like I said earlier, we're, we get creative, we can talk ourselves out of it, um, and we fail. I've failed, I don't know how many times to do this. I don't, I, I ask for a show of hands, but I don't need to. Everybody fails at obeying God in, in day-to-day life. Um, we just strive not to. Because the more, it seems like the more you reach out and uh, kind of stick your neck out to obey what he has for you on a daily basis, the more you, you get hungry for it. Because the more things you'll see happen. Um, I could probably talk a long time about this stuff that, because it seems like you'll think of one thing and then you'll think of another thing and then you'll think of another thing. And some of them are complete failures fall on your face. Um, but the, the ones that are not have eternal ramifications. When we fail, it's just, we just gotta keep going. Um, it's not something to be condemned about. And we've talked about that in the weeks prior too. Once it's passed, it's passed. It's gone. We just gotta get back up again, get back on the horse and start going. Um, one thing I thought was fun is legally, it, God can't get rid of us. We're adopted children. <laughs> he can't. Um, if you look at the covenant, he just he can't. So he's he's stuck with us once we decide we're going to be his children and give us, give him our lives. So you can fail and get back up again, and he probably will forever, <laughs> at least till we get to heaven. I don't know if it talks about if there's failure in heaven or not, but I ain't there yet, so they're probably it'll be there when I get there. Um, but I'll keep trying because that's in the past, and the next time you learn from that and you go on. Um. He is such an awesome father. He's not even going to remember the failures. He's going to remember the victories. And that's how he's going to look at when he sees you. And there's, there's probably a different sermon uh, about the whole thing, but the more you obey him, the more obedience he'll ask of you. And that's a little deeper than I am right now. But... I thought he told me that, and I was like, wow. <laughs> but I didn't think I'm ready for that yet. Um, <laughs> obedience will bring uh, greater intimacy with him. In John uh, 14, 21, let's read that. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by the, my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That should be on everybody's dashboard. Who wants to see Jesus manifest in your life every day? I do, and he will. There's no quota. It's so cool. Um, You don't have to go, and this kind of struck me as funny as I was reading about this stuff. So many people... uh, because I know people work with people that will go and try and find a, a medium or something like that. Um, what this is talking about 
God manifesting, you don't have to have the preacher, you don't have to have a prophet smack you on the head and tell you this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to be. You got the Almighty to do it Amen. on a daily basis. I mean, a prophet can give you a word and, it, and most of the time it's a confirmation of what you already know. And if it's not, I would really check it because uh, some prophets can cause problems, especially when they tell you you're going to have a kid right after you got married. <laughs> I just know a story about that. <laughs> I think that's one of the prophet's favorite things to tell newlyweds they're going to have a kid. It's like a really hard one to get right. But <laughs> I don't know. I think it causes a lot of havoc. But we have that intimacy with him. And uh, we don't have to search after a median like the world does. We have a red hot. We don't need the medium stuff, lukewarm stuff. The devil tries to copy God so many ways, but he fails so poorly. I think sometimes the world and people look for that because there's no accountability to it. And it's, it's, to me, it's really funny. Some people, they take it serious. I've had some conversations with people. I think it's kind of funny. You, people here have probably seen that uh, TV show on the 90s. It was on called Friends. And this, they sit around a coffee shop and talk about their lives. And this one lady comes in there. She goes, they said, how are you? She goes, oh, I'm, I'm kind of bummed today. My psychic told me that I was going to die. <laughs> what? <laughs> and just like it was a... Uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but it just made me think of that. Because she's like, oh, I'm kind of bummed. My psychic told me I was going to die. We have the red hot. We have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit walking on us, living, living inside us, walking beside us, covering our backs to tell us what's going on. And if we don't need to know it, we don't need to know it. There's a lot of stuff we don't need to know that we could not handle. Um... He puts the stuff on our plate that we can handle. It says shown in the scriptures. I don't know where. But he gives us what we can handle. And in this uh, intimacy, greater intimacy we have through obedience, he will also build stronger foundations in us. Um, I'll go ahead and read this whole thing too. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, they will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. We, through this obedience and daily walk of prayer with God, the foundations in our lives will become stronger and stronger. Um, we can sometimes get distracted by the world, distracted by different things, and the rains will still come, because the rains come on everyone. Um... And I've seen it happen where you may, he may be someone who's been saved for years and years and you can get distracted by this or that and uh, the winds and rains come and you can see places where the foundation can get eroded. Um, so that's one of the reasons it is so, so important to not get out of the 
daily intimacy of walking with him every day. Because if there's something going on, he will help you with that. He will keep that foundation strong. Because it's not like you get saved, you got this foundation God put in your life, and then you're just done. You go on and do what you're going to do. You have to attend to it. Just like a house. If anybody's ever bought a house, you always have to attend to the stupid thing because something happens. You don't get to just put it up and that's just the way it's going to be forever. There's constant, constant time you have to spend working on that thing. And that constant prayer. And like in, just like when you're working on a house, you do it without understanding a lot of times. So <laughs> prayer in the spirit where you don't understand nothing, what's going on, but you know it needs help. Same thing. These things that obedience brings to our life are just, they're ongoing, building things in our life with all of this. And with this growing in our lives, what is the purpose? That was the, that's the benefits to us. What's the purpose of these things growing in our lives? We want to be like Jesus. Jesus came to reveal the Father, and he came to save the world through his sacrifice um, he wants to bring salvation to the world he doesn't want anybody to be lost um, and I see at this conference the other weekend this has been uh, something that's kind of been on my heart and on my mind this, the Glenn what's his last name Middleton Middleton he did a class about how you how, um, once people get saved how you keep them in the church and he was just giving out some statistics 98% of Christians Never lead someone to the Lord. And that just been ringing around in that cavity for a while here. Sometimes I say it's like a pebble in your shoe. This is more like a Lego to me. Because <laughs> this is, uh, it doesn't make any sense if you let that soak in a little bit. Um, I think we get lazy. I'm saved, I'm, you know, I'm working nine, you know, nine to five, whatever you got to, your work job is, you do that and you go to church on Sunday and, and we get into um, the same ritualistic routine in our worldly, if we can call it a worldly lifestyle that Glenn warned against with praying. It just becomes the routine we do and, and over and over doing this end of cycle and the devil doesn't care because if we're distracted, he, he likes it that way. But 98% of Christians, and for some reason, that doesn't go well with the thinking of talking with God every day. Because there's so many things out there that he will guide you with. It may break your routine. You may not get to get your you know, 5 a.m. coffee in the morning with all the, <laughs> I think it's funny, the guys at High V. there's about 10 of them every morning, about five or six, they're down there drinking coffee and telling lies. <laughs> And uh, I know that's not the only place. Um, but God may break that routine and have you do something different. Or he may have you say something at those meetings that uh, is a little different than how about the weather? Or is it raining out? Or, you know, how much rain did you get in your rain gauge? Those are not really important spiritual things. They're daily life things, but God can change those if we listen to him. Because I think this number needs to be brought up a little bit. Um, we, even when I was a kid, it was just get, just get them to church. Just invite people to church. Invite people to church. There's nothing wrong with that. But 
God can use any one of his children to lead people to the Lord. And uh, Glenn's getting old, getting old. And he, uh, not as old as you. Um, could you imagine, I mean, size told us he's having trouble keeping up with the stuff you, Leroy says, had him doing just to keep up with her routine. And it's wearing him out. Could you imagine us bringing all kinds of people to church, brand new Christians, and saying, well, I'll just go talk to Cy. He knows how to do it. It doesn't make any sense. It's for each one of us to do that. God puts us in those situations in obedience to bring people to him, not just help them out of a sticky situation or whatnot. It's a lifelong thing. It's an eternity-long thing. And he puts us each in those different situations for that reason. You are the one that he wants to, to lead them to him. And it's kind of a little bit gruesome. I don't, I don't think it's gruesome, but some people do. Um, Polly loves catching babies. That's, she's got a passion for it. Um, but imagine yourself, now you're catching baby Christians. It can get kind of ugly. And Glenn can't handle that much. <laughs> there's not enough rubber gloves in the world <laughs> and you may be the one that God has changing these baby Christians diapers for a while and that's something to contemplate when you enter into this where you want to you want more of God in your life you want to this sort of thing these are things that are going to happen so it's not something you just say yes hey I want to do this God you, you need to think about it for a minute because maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want that. And then you need to pray with Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> or sigh. Yeah. But um, as you grow in, in obedience and in your relationship with God, that's going to happen. You're going to look at people completely different. Um, God will talk to you in, in those times because you may be the one to lead them to the Lord. The, the healings, the speaking in tongues, prophecy, all those are part of the new covenant. They're not just for the preachers or the bishops. They're for everybody, for every Christian. And uh, I kind of look through this because I hear this from people I know. There's nothing in this Bible that I've found so far that has anything to do with introvert and extrovert. You may have a different personality type, but God will put that where he wants to put it and use it how he wants to use it. Um, and he will change you over time. I guarantee it. In the first two years I went to church with Polly and the uh, Assemblies of God up in Alaska, they asked her many times, does your husband ever speak? Because I didn't talk to nobody and have nothing to say. <laughs> they just didn't. And here I am talking this stuff. So God will change you, if you'll let him. You just have to be obedient through that, through that constant communication. He will set up appointments for you. Um, in your day-to-day -day life, they may be appointments for you to not say anything, but to pray in that moment. I can give you a kind of a small example. This week, there's a, a lady here, 
we get a lot of impounded vehicles at our shop from um, drug busts and stuff like that. But this lady was in there, um, and she was living out of her car, and she had absolutely no means of getting, paying for anything. Um, and she was, she's, I think she'd just done enough drugs in her life that she's just not all there. She was mumbling all the time and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, well, well, she was looking through her car for for paperwork for court or something. I said, I, said, I was sitting there, Lord, what do I? Because I have to watch these people because people go in other people's cars and steal stuff. So I have to stand there while they're cleaning their stuff. And I said, Lord, what do I do about this? This could be an opportunity. She need to get healed, saved. I was kind of doing this behind her. <laughs> and uh, he just told me, he said, just, just be kind to her and speak words of love to her. There was no... Um, Praying for her, I didn't stop and pray for her, nothing. That's just what he told me. And I don't know what difference that'll make in her life, but if he told me to do it and that's what I did, I have to trust that. There's other opportunities where he has more hands-on type stuff, and I'm sure you all have many stories like that, and I'm hoping by next week a whole bunch more. As God starts to speak to you, because I know if he's speaking to me, I'm not the only one. And you guys know a lot more people than I know. Um... You could be the answer to someone's prayer. You could be the answer to some grandmother's prayer, some grandfather's prayer, is praying for their kid that is in your school that needs God. You could be the answer to that prayer if you allow God to use you with that through that relationship. Yeah. He wants that none should perish. We, his kids the Holy Spirit can bring that to pass through communication with Him and obedience. And I think I'll probably end it right there. Um, this is something that's been just growing. seems like it's getting bigger and bigger in my mind and my heart. Um, and I hope it does the same for you. Um, and not to, I, just, I just would encourage you not to neglect what He can do. Just in the short week that I've doing this and, and becoming more and more aware of it, there's been opportunities that I could share for a while up here. And if he'll do that with me, I know he'll do that with everyone here. And we'll see the whole middle section filled in. Yeah. <laughs> with baby Christians that need help. So, anyways, do you have anything to add, Glenn? As Caleb was talking, there's pictures started forming in my mind, and it started with a question I felt like came from the Spirit is, what kind of things will I do if I'm walking with God? Well, God kind of things. Now think what that might mean, that if I'm walking with God, He's going to ask me to do things that He would do and that He'll do with me. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. And then one other thing, as I'm reminded of Scripture, and I, I don't know the exact location because I didn't prepare to do this, but Israel at one point was just, their excuse was, we're doing all of the sacrifices, we're doing all of the ritual. And God said, 
I would have obedience rather than sacrifice. And here in our day, a lot of times, well, I'm praying every morning for an hour. I'm reading three chapters in my Bible. I'm attending church. And God would say, I would have obedience rather than sacrifice. And that means I've got to learn to hear him, Caleb. But that's not that hard. We're made for that. You can hear God. And the more you hear him, the more intricately you'll hear him. <coughs> I remember I was already pastoring when I first started grabbing the concept that I could hear him moment by moment by moment. And God was talking to me about a lot of things. And I was in a service, and I was not ministering at all. I was just over to the side, which is, you can see, is my habit. And there was a young lady sitting on the platform just weeping. And God started talking to me about her life story. And I said, well, then what do you want me to do with that? And he said, nothing. And I said, well, then what are we doing here? And he said, you're learning to hear me. So afterward, I got a chance to talk with her a little bit and just encouraging her to talk. And it was her life story because she told me almost exactly the same thing. I didn't ever tell her God had already told me that. But God was telling me, in times that you least expect it, I'll talk to you. And through that, you'll learn my voice and you'll learn what I'm saying. Awesome job, Caleb. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. Realize God is switching some things in our mind. And we're going to see new folks in here. And I'm kind of excited about that because I know that any church problem seems to go away when there's new birth in the house. How many knows that all the problems that, that was in the house before that new baby's born, they all kind of get put, put aside because that baby takes the focus for a while. So what if we have 50 babies? <laughs> It'll probably change our focus. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Of a life, a heart that is.